Welcome in to another edition of the Daily Tap Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie. It is Friday. Get excited. We have made it to the end of the work week. For some of you, you might be done for the holiday season. You might be off. That's great. I'm excited for you. For others, you might just have a few days left. We are at the home stretch, my friends. We're going to talk about the Packers media's problem with Pat McAfee. We're going to also discuss the betting preview of the Packers and Ravens. What do we do there? COVID coming back in sports and the Wisconsin Badger quarterback transfer market. And anything else that kind of wets my whistle by the end of the show. We'll see if there's time. Probably not because I, I do like to talk. If you guys were unfamiliar, the Tabby the Keg curse came back again. I did not podcast yesterday. It's kind of radio silent. I tweeted a little bit, but that was it. Uh, sorry for that. Um, been a little bit under the weather. Uh, have had a scratchy throat, a little congestion. If you hear it on the podcast, mind your business. So we're fighting through it. We'll, we'll warrior on. We'll push forward. Uh, but yeah, so that's why we didn't have a show yesterday. Um, knocking this out early Thursday night. So you guys have it ready to go for Friday. I'm ready to go. And I'm fired up to talk to you guys. So let's dig in. Let's talk about the Packers media and their issue with Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee is the one who holds the keys to Aaron Rodgers. He talks to Aaron Rodgers every Tuesday. Now, the Packers local media talks to Aaron Rodgers every Wednesday. They talk in the exact same fashion via Zoom. But one gets a lot more access than the other. And a lot of the legacy journalists, such as Tom Silverstein, do not like it. I interacted with Tom, and I'm not here to use my Twitter interactions as a podcast topic. But Tom said he was frustrated that he could not follow up with Aaron Rodgers on different things like his toe injury, saying it's really hard. And as someone who has done Zoom calls since March 2020, in a workplace setting where I've asked follow-up call, I've had follow-up questions to leadership, to vendors, to anything else. I asked Tom kind of why can't he? And Tom's like, "Have you ever been on one?" Cool response. Um, I get it. And Aaron and Aaron Nagler replied that I have no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, again, I respect Aaron's opinion. I respect what Aaron does. I mean, thought it was really awesome that he had Matt Lafleur on his show uh, with Corey Benke. I think that's really cool. That said, I really wasn't necessarily looking to make fun of Tom, to be malicious of Tom. I just was basically asking, why can't you follow up with Aaron Rodgers? Why can't you ask two questions? And it hit me right then and there how much a lot of the Packer media members hate Pat McAfee. That a lot of them cannot stand Pat McAfee. Even though the guy is a content machine for so many people. When Aaron Rodgers met with Jason Wilde on Tuesdays, back in the day, Tuesdays with Aaron, it was, A, for me, one of my introductions to podcasting. I listened to it every Tuesday. It was one of the reasons why I wanted to go into podcasting. I still at that time had small aspirations of being a journalist, but it was so cool, man. And it was, it was motivation. And I looked up to what Jason did. And I really enjoyed you know him and Bill Simmons and a few other small podcasts at the time. KFC Radio uh, in its early stages. Not where it is today. But where it was back in the day with just Kevin Clancy 
and then Big Cat was involved and John Feidelberg. Like, those were like my starting points to podcasting and what made me want to be a podcaster. So I always loved it. And I don't think the media had a lot of problem with Jason. I've never really talked to Jason. I'd be fascinated to know if like people got upset at him for getting this kind of access with Aaron Rodgers. That access shortly dwindled. Rodgers became much more protective of his brand. I think when he started dating Olivia Mund, I can't trace that exactly back, but Olivia Mund kind of made Rodgers into more like uh, Rick Wild think Vaughn in the second major league where he's more Hollywood and he's less caring about the local media and the local you know efforts and things like that and Rogers looked at more of a national landscape he cut off ties with Associated Bank he cut off ties with different other small you know companies in the Green Bay area now obviously Rogers has reverted back he had the Provia before all the COVID shit he had Burke Shimato and a few others. So that's where it has it has changed, right? And it's a little bit different for for the quarterback. But there was that time period where Aaron Rodgers was all national. And it was really hard to get even a few words from Rodgers. Now this was at the tail end of McCarthy when things were really sort of bad at Lambeau Field. And now Rodgers talks to McAfee all the time, but it drives the journalists nuts. It drives them absolutely crazy that they cannot get the same access that Pat McAfee does. Pat McAfee is friends with Aaron Rodgers. He's not a journalist. He's not even really a radio host. I, I That's a little disrespectful of Pat. He, he hosts a radio show every day, but it's really Pat talking to a lot of his friends. I don't think anybody is going to Pat for a serious interview. Pat is shooting the shit. He is your friend at the bar, and he is bringing his patrons through. Darius Butler, AJ Hawk, who's more of like a co-host than a guest. Um, Ian Rappaport has built a good relationship there. Sham Serrania. Uh, there's UFC guy. Like Pat has a good roster. But it's not like Pat is bringing on different people to come on his show. It's very much his guys. And that's okay. I respect the hell out of Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee is a fucking inspiration. But I think it drives a lot of journalists, especially here locally, crazy that Pat gets all this access and he doesn't go at Rogers hard. And I'm not surprised by that. Pat, a, Pat's not a journalist. B, I don't think he has the skills as a Dan Patrick or a Ryan Rossillo or a Bill Simmons would have where he would kind of interject and say, hey, let me stop you here. Especially when Rodgers went on that sort of COVID manifesto um, back in November, which was bizarre. And I can't believe anyone from Rodgers camp endorsed it. I don't think they did. I think Rodgers did that on his own. And McAfee said, here's your platform. Go ahead. Gave him this stage. Instead of sort of interrupting him and saying, hey, like, let me follow up. Are you sure? Like, this is what you mean? Like, and making sure that Roger's words weren't getting distorted. And I think that's what happened. And in a lot of ways, I thought McAfee did him a disservice. Again, I love Pat, but I, I'm just kind of calling it out how I see it. Just like I'm calling it with the journalists who get annoyed that they cannot get the same Aaron Rodgers access as Pat McAfee. And they make jokes. Um, Bob McGinn's made some where he's like, 
that former punter, you know, yada yada. Uh, you know, Silverstein calling him his buddy. Like it, it annoys them to the core. But at the end of the day, this is what media is. This is unfortunately where we are as you know in journalism. I'm not a journalist anymore. I haven't been a journalist since fucking 2012. All right, when I graduated from University of Wisconsin Eau Claire. I never really got into it. I did radio promotion for a little bit. I probably should have made some inroads at the sports radio station, but I didn't. I and I chose another path and I wanted to make some more money. I apologize for being selfish, right? So that's why I do this on the side. And that's why I haven't been to any of those Zooms, Tom. I cuz I'm making money at my actual day job. The Packers though have no the pack the Packer media has nobody to blame but themselves for any of this for the Rodgers relationship for some of the lack of follow-ups they had with Rodgers when he was in the building not wearing a mask and you didn't know about his COVID issues none of them worked on building that relationship with Aaron Rodgers Jackie McMullen goes on Bill Simmons show all the time Jackie McMullen legendary journalist I sometimes feel like Jackie's a little bit past her prime. That's okay. That happens. That happens to all of us, right? We we get to a, like I can't go to Joe Cats anymore. That's my I'm out of my prime for Joe Cats, for example. It's an obscure example, but work with me here. But Jackie's talked about how she built her relationship with Larry Bird. Now the '80s are really fucking different than the late 2000s and everything like that. But Jason Wildey built a relationship with Aaron Rodgers to the point where they could be have a weekly talk show. And they don't talk as much anymore. And I don't know if that relationship got fractured for any reason. I'd have to, again, ask Jason. But I do think Mark Tauscher, who's his co-host, who is good friends with Aaron Rodgers, helps kind of keep that bridge together. So even if Jason and Aaron are a little bit fractured, Mark's right there for him. And Jason was the only journalist that I saw that was very critical of everything that happened with the Rodgers immunized commentary. Wildey was the only one to say, we did not do a good enough job as journalists. He put the onus on himself. And I think that that is something that is always going to stick with these guys and girls. I think... Everybody is going to look at this and say, we fucked up and we did not have, we had that opportunity to basically shake the apple cart, to be journalists and we didn't do it. And why? Is it because the access for the Packers is very difficult and that it is a little more state run media than I think anyone would like to believe potentially? Um, Is it the fact that it's Green Bay, Wisconsin. It's not New York City. So there's not a bunch of people, you know, that aren't even Packer journalists that are maybe following up and investigating and saying, well, what did Rodgers really mean by that? Nobody followed up with Aaron Rodgers when they had him in the room and said, so you're saying you're immunized. Does that mean you're vaccinated? And and there's a lot of discourse to say Rodgers might have said it, Rodgers didn't. But still, they they did not want to go any further because they know how swarmy of a prick Rodgers can be. 
And they did not want to shake things up. And they were okay with being status quo. A lot of the problem with the media in Wisconsin, there are a lot of people who do a great job, but people are afraid to shake it up. I don't think a lot of people would have the balls to do what I'm doing right now because I'm probably hurting myself in terms of relationships. But at the end of the day, I think it's fair to critique. I think it's fair to have this discussion of, are we really sure that everybody did their job here with Aaron Rodgers? And then you look at the question that Ryan Wood asked Aaron Rodgers last week from the Green Bay Press-Gazette. Basically trying to goad Aaron Rodgers into saying he's coming back. And asked him something that is purely hypothetical. That Rodgers, of course, is like, well, I don't think this is my last Packer-Bear game. Of course he's going to say that. We live in, That's fantasy land right now. We don't know what the next few months is going to look like. But from Woods' POV, he sees that and he's like, all right, this can either go two ways. One... He could say to me, I yeah, maybe, you know, we'll see what happens. And it's like, oh, Aaron Rodgers already thinking about his next team. Or Rodgers is like, I don't think it's my last game. Aaron Rodgers says he might want to come back. And Greg Matzik using McAfee's comment. Now, Greg has not been not I'm not putting Greg in this bucket. Greg's a little bit different of a journalist, more broadcast, whatever. Doesn't matter. But Greg basically used his comment, his comments from McAfee saying, I like to play football, not talking about the Green Bay Packers as like this thing of like, okay, here he's setting this, he's setting the stage. Greg might be right. I don't know yet. I think it's way too early for us to have the discourse on Rogers offseason. Anyone who's trying to have that conversation is no worse than the people who are trying to get Giannis onto the Kumbo traded after like two years of his contract, all right? It's the same thing. We got like three or four months to really start having this conversation. But people want to have it already, even though the Packers are red hot. I even saw something today uh, from not a legacy journalist member about comparing Aaron Rodgers and Peyton Manning and saying basically they would fall apart, even though Peyton Manning had some significant injuries and they are nowhere near apples to apples. They are apples to fucking pineapples. It, it was an awful comparison. They are nowhere near close. Um, but whatever. Do you, man, I guess. <laughs> the last thing I will say, because I've talked about this enough. The last thing I will say. Tom Brady never really had a local guy in Boston. He did WEI for a while, but that was kind of it. Peyton Manning didn't really have a local guy in Indianapolis. LeBron, if we're going to other sports, goes to just his guys that report things favorably for LeBron. Shams does all the media work for Ben Simmons. By the way, they have the same agent. Funny how that works. Sadly, the state of media is only those who cater to the athlete. Those are the ones who get the access. And there's probably never really going to be True sit-downs. Look at the Jeremy Strong profile, just to take it in another direction. Look at the Jeremy Strong profile that was done in the New Yorker. Not sure if you guys have read it. Jeremy Strong, Kendall Roy in succession for those unfamiliar. It was pretty critical of Jeremy Strong. It kind of painted Jeremy Strong like a whack job. Like a guy who thinks he's Daniel Day-Lewis, but he's not. And it's like, bro, like have a little bit of real... 
you know, kind of come back to life here. You're Kendall Roy, not fucking, uh, I don't know, a Daniel Day-Lewis uh, acting role. Uh, you're not, whatever, the lead role in uh, There Will Be Blood. I don't know the name, what who his name was in that. If Dougie listens to this, he's probably going to kick my ass, uh, truth be told. But that's okay. And everybody comes out and is like, I can't believe he wrote this. He misinterpreted. Like Aaron Sorkin, who doesn't have social media, yet asked Jessica Chastain to post this fucking four-page paragraph of like why this is wrong. And Adam McKay also says something to this to the same effect. We can't be critical anymore. It is not allowed. Like I said, there are probably going to be people who listen to this and say, well, I'm never fucking going to help that guy out. If that guy asks to do an interview, I'm not doing it with him. Fine. Okay. That's that's all right. I, I respect all of you. I'm just critical of the fact that you guys know Pat McAfee stole your access. That Pat McAfee was able to get more out of Aaron Rodgers than you have in a lot of your Zooms or your non-Zooms. And that eats you up inside. And that's okay. Probably eat me up too if that was my job. Let's move on to the actual playing on the football field. Green Bay Packers, Baltimore Ravens. Sunday afternoon, we got Buck and Aikman on the call. We do not know yet if Lamar Jackson is going to play. Lamar did not practice on Thursday. It is probably trending downward that we are going to see Lamar. Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator for the Ravens, said that it's going to go down to the wire uh, for Jackson to play. We'll just see. The Packers are a five and a half point favorite. The over under is 43. The last time the Ravens were were underdogs by this much, they were 10 point dogs when Ryan Mallett beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in Baltimore 20 to 17. I think that was in 2005. So that's to say, be careful here. This is a game that I am somewhat weary about, all honesty was a scheduled loss for me at the start of the season. This is a very tough place to play. The fact that 95% of the early money is on the Green Bay Packers absolutely terrifies me. I realize that the Baltimore Ravens just might be too injured. I said that to Mitch on Wednesday's show. I said, you know what? There comes a time where you're just too injured and you lose this game. The Ravens are also fighting for their lives. If you ask who... Does this game matter more to? I would probably say the Ravens. Now, granted, the Packers are fighting for the one seed and fighting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They now are in pole position because the Arizona Cardinals lost. Another loss for Green Bay would knock them out of that. And then they have to rely on Tampa Bay somehow losing to New Orleans, the Jets, or the Panthers. I don't think that's going to happen. Arizona losing another game with playing the Colts and the Cowboys, probably more likely to happen, honestly. So that's probably more on the table. The Packers do need to win this, but I just wonder if this is going to be a three-point game and go down to the wire and the Ravens are going to throw the kitchen sink out. Trick plays, do everything possible. Now, Tyler Huntley, who will be the quarterback for the Ravens, it's a little different offense that they're facing. Remember, Tyler Huntley has played in one and a half games so far this year. He played against the Cleveland Browns team that had a quarterback who's 
pretty much broken. Like Baker shouldn't be out there. Should be Case Keenum. I agree with that take. And any other team probably puts the rate puts the Ravens into the ground after they were up twenty four to six. The other team that Tyler Huntley faced was the Chicago Bears. We would know all too well about the Chicago Bears offense. It's not that great. This is the first real offense that Tyler Huntley has to try to keep up with. And that's a real problem, especially when this Green Bay Packard offense is clicking. Since that second half of that Minnesota game, the Green Bay Packers have not missed a fucking beat. They scored 38 points as an offense in the last game, which was truly impressive and really good shit from Green Bay. And they kind of didn't look phased. They they were they were down early. It didn't seem to bother them. They were cool, calm, collective, and just pushing the ball downfield. The bad news for Baltimore is they have a bad pass defense with Aaron Rodgers and no Marlon Humphrey. Aaron Rodgers has a real shot to have like 400 yards in this game. It would not surprise me at all if Aaron Rodgers has this massive game and the Rodgers MVP buzz gets a lot bigger. I would recommend if you haven't listened to Mission I Talk About MVPs, it's a great. I really enjoyed what we did on that and it was one of my favorite things we've done probably this year. There is some bad news though for Green Bay as Kenny Clark probably not playing because of covid We'll talk about that in a second here. The run defense has been sort of suspect. The underlying statistics are not great. Uh, DVOA has the Packers at 24th in the league in terms of run defense. I do think it's a little bit better than what we saw with Mike Patton, where Mike Patton just let everybody run all over us. I don't think it's like that, but I do think with the way the Ravens run the football, it could be an issue for Green Bay. Now, where this game all comes down to is ball control. Whoever controls the ball is going to win the game. I hate to sound like John Madden, but if the Ravens are able to put together long drives and tire out that defense and hit a couple pass plays, but mostly do it on the ground and make it ugly and the under then comes into play, Ravens can win this game. But if the Packers just light the world on fire, then... There, there's nothing, and they control by short, intermediate passes. They come out hot. Like, God bless it. Can we get a hot first quarter once in our fucking life? Like, I don't know what that's been, but let's just hope that changes as sort of the weeks go on and, and they get better with that because they have to get better in that first quarter. That first quarter has to be better for the Green Bay Packers. So I, I think it's all coming down to ball control. I think the Packers would cover. I'm not endorsing it fully. I would say five is an okay number. It's a no man's land number. You almost want it to get to six. So if you're like, all right, I could do a Packer tease and take the Packers down to zero and bring up that under to 49. Or if you think the Packers are rolling, maybe take that under down or take the over down to 37. Whatever way you do it, I think you could really have some success with that. Uh, but I, as for the under, even though both teams have been very under-ish, I'm not, I'm not ready to endorse it. I think the under is kind of scary for the Packers with the way the offense has been playing. I don't know if you can fully say that it should be an under situation. I don't know what the Packer total team over is, but I actually probably like that a lot better, which I'm going to probably research for 
a social media video tomorrow because I feel like that could be your opportunity to really take advantage of potentially the the number there because usually with a total team over it's com- the spread combined with uh you know whatever that number is so 43 so probably means let's do a quick math here so that probably means the packers total team over is like 27 ish so that might be an opportunity there we'll see i do feel pretty good about the packers i just worry that baltimore has a horseshoe directly up their ass similar to the seahawks We'll see what happens. All right, some other things just really quickly before we wrap up. COVID obviously is back and in the mix. Um, it is full on panic in a lot of places, truth be told. And I, sports is not immune to it. Um, no pun intended there. Uh, the NFL tried to come up with some new policies, but in a lot of ways, I think it's pretty fucking stupid. They're still looking as testing to be the answer, even though there's absolutely no studies, and I can't believe there hasn't been one in a year and a half, almost two years now, that we haven't done a study basically asking the question, can you get COVID from the basketball court, from the football field, from the baseball diamond? Why has there been no fucking research on this? Is there just not enough data? Is that it? Is that sort of where we are? Is that, but like, I just don't get it. Like, how do we not have that? These people are paid millions upon, maybe not millions, but they're paid hundreds of thousands of dollars. How the fuck do we not have that answer? That That's question number one. And so the NFL trying to basically test their way out of it, I don't think it's really going to work. Especially when I was I read an article from Sky.com, British. Uh, so I think it's actually, whatever, doesn't matter. Uh, but basically what I read was a leader, leading professor of that's been studying a lot of this stuff basically says the Omni or Omnicon or whatever, it, it produces milder symptoms and it's more like a cold. And he actually advises, like, if you start to feel kind of shitty, like, go get tested. He didn't say that, but I'm, I'm dumbing it down for all of us. He's basically saying, yeah, it doesn't take to loss of smell. It doesn't take any of that, but... If you have some symptoms, like go get a test. And and you could look at that and say, well, that's isn't that sort of dangerous? Well, I don't know. I mean, just before I signed on, Scott Gottlieb was looking at the South Africa numbers. Now, South Africa, a totally different situation and everything like that about where they basically have a younger population, a little more unvaccinated, but it seems like the Omnicon spiked and then it went way down and also there were a lot of subclinical cases of it which means nobody was actually getting tested and it was happening it was living in you and you didn't really know it because you just thought i had a bad cold so it's kind of where we're at and i i just don't understand how sports didn't plan for this i i really don't and and maybe it was my own fault like you know i was banging my hand on the table being like they need to have a COVID plan. Like I didn't say anything like that. I wasn't, I wasn't one of those people who was telling them at you know early November, like yeah, make sure you have a, a COVID plan ready to go for all this. I, I didn't do that. No, none of us did, right? So there's that part. But they really should have. They really should have had the booster program ready to roll out. They really should have explained the why we need the booster and. 
the vaccine sort of, you know, waning out, running out, and the ineffectiveness as as it continues. They, there's a real problem here. This is not, this has to get figured out because you can't just keep canceling games. Kentucky and Ohio State canceling in Vegas over the weekend. Could you imagine you're a Kentucky fan or an Ohio State fan and you have tickets, your plane ride, plane flights to Vegas. Now still can fucking live it up in Vegas on a, a weekend. Raiders are playing. Now granted, they're playing in Cleveland. Again, a game that's crazy. It hasn't been canceled. The opposite. But you're, you'll still have fun, like right? You'll still have a good time. But that's not the reason you came there. The reason you came there was to cheer on the Cats or cheer on the Buckeyes. And now you can't. We have to, di- we have to differentiate between a few things here. One, where do we have asymptomatic cases? Where do we have symptomatic cases? And if we do have asymptomatic cases, why can't those players play? Because there's nothing that really says that they are transferring the disease. They're vi- they don't have a viral load, as far as we know. So we got to change. I think the leagues should all come together. I think President Biden should do something really similar to what President Trump did and bring everybody into the room together on a conference call and sort of refine the strategy. Because taking away sports, it's just a way to to disconnect. And unfortunately, COVID doesn't allow for it. So how can we fix that? That would be my that'd be my overall question. I had something about the Pat the Badgers and the quarterback transfer market. I'm gonna save it. It's, you know, it's 30 minutes. It's Friday. You guys want to get out of here. Um, we've already done about three topics. I'm sorry for doing so much COVID. It just happens. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed. Rate, review, subscribe. As mentioned, you leave me a review on it. Apple, I'll look you up. A little beer. Send you, send you some money. If you have a significant other, I'll send both y'all uh, to get drinks, not just you. Don't mind. I don't mind whoring myself out for a couple reviews. I hope I feel better. Um, if you know you're curious, because you probably are. You're like, oh, are you? You're talking about like, uh, are you gonna get tested? Yeah, I got tested. I did. Uh, we'll see what happens. Um, I'll know Saturday because I got tested on Sunday, on Thursday. Um, just playing it safe. And similarly for what I just discussed, I have symptoms, so I'm gonna take a look. And I think I might have overreacted, but at the same time, it you know things are moving fast. So I might have panicked too. I it's not that I don't trust the vaccine, not that I don't trust the booster I have. I think it's just unfortunately a time of year where you panic a little bit more because you want to see your friends and family, and you worry about those who might be immune immune compromised. I butchered that. That's okay. It's like Adam Stefanchik. I can't pronounce his name either. Just. Just chalk it up as an out. So we'll see what happens. If I do, we'll talk about it. Well, I probably will have a tweet that I entered health health and safety protocols because what can you do? Just laugh at yourself. I think uh, PFT said his uh, COVID cure, who he just got diagnosed, was Pornhub and soup all day, motherfucker. So I love that. That's kind of similar approach. Probably not the Pornhub, but probably some soup for sure. All right, take care of yourself. Have a have an awesome weekend, guys. Uh, we'll see it. We'll see you next week. All right, bye.